welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show presented by Hugh Hattrick. Drive fast and try not to crash. It's good to see you. Likewise, I mate. Yeah, I was watching your um, your live stream last night. It was really good fun. It was really good. But uh, <laughs> it, it was, was hard. Heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, that was a nightmare, man. That was a nightmare. So I'm happy it's <laughs> over. <laughs> Some of those races are really something else, aren't they? It's kind oh. of, it's so close, but it, it keeps you going. And, and uh, I was watching it with my son. I've got my six-year-old was there watching it. And I said, come on, come on, watch the racing driver. I'm going to be interviewing tomorrow. And he was saying, ah, he's, he's in 18th. And he said, yeah, but yeah. he's going to get another one. And we were, we're, as you were getting closer and slipstreaming, he was kind of saying, come on, come on, come on, go past, no, go past. <laughs> terrible. After the FIA races, I, um, sorry, after the FIA races, I, uh, I did some daily racing, which was much better. But yeah. that oval thing, I was actually expecting a bit more. Fun. I got it all. So, yeah. Anyway, ah, it's one of those things. I uh, kind of it yeah. kind of comes. Well, thank you so much for giving us time this morning to come on the show. It's really good to uh, have you on the show. I mean, you've had a, a really, I mean, a, a good year last year. I mean, your your channel has grown as well. Um, you've seen your, your live streams are getting a lot of coverage and all these kind of things. And and how would you sum up? last year for you for the all your kind of gt racing and things like that um on the on the youtube side it was completely unexpected uh i wasn't expecting i mean i've, I've had this youtube channel for like five or six years um and i had about two or three thousand subscribers so i was not ever expecting any i, I was just carrying on and then i posted that uh, onboard story yeah um around poor car and that's that just lit the the house on fire so yeah. i decided okay there's definitely something going on here so i need to i need to pay more attention to it and it started to grow and grow and grow to be yeah. honest with you, recently it's slowed down a little bit because in the off season uh, i don't have any onboard stories to post so nice. the, the key differentiating factor of my channel is that i was able to do these onboard stories you know otherwise i'm just another gran turismo player um yeah. so i'm looking at ways now actually to I'm going to go back into the archives. I'm going to go from, I'm going to see if I have some 2015 stuff when I started racing in the Lamborghini uh, and, and post some of that. Aye. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, and yeah, my year in the racing last year, it was okay. Um, personally, I was quite happy with my speed. I felt like uh, I made a step in my, my pace. Mm -hmm. Um I'm still not fast enough though. So <laughs> I always said I wanted to do this until I found the top of my bounce. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like where's my limit? Um, and when I got into GD racing, oh, I was just, you know, I was overachieving, but now I'm starting, I am starting to find the top of my bounce, um, which is interesting. And I want to see if I can just squeeze a little bit more there. I have a really good um, season coming up, which mm -hmm. I can only announce. Well, I'm only comfortable in, to announce it in Feb, like at the end of oh, Feb. Oh, yes. Yes, I heard Just, that last night. Uh, it's, uh, it's all building up. Yeah. It should be very exciting. Yeah, it's just because um, uh, I'm so used to pre previously going on a living race to race. Even when I was yeah. doing karting like back in the day, I never, um, when I was younger, I, I never finished a national championship until like the last three years of a seven-year karting career. I would always run out of money before the end. 
Um, and often I would arrive at the last race of the year with with very old equipment. And in karting, you have to rebuild your engine after every race. You have to re you have to get a chassis every six months. Yeah. And I didn't have that. So it was impossible for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah so absolutely. now now that I have these uh, some uh, some deals almost almost uh, confirmed. Um, I'm still, I don't believe it. So I'm still yeah. waiting. I'm still yeah. waiting before I, I say anything. I don't want to jinx yeah. it. No, that's fine. We look forward in anticipation um, as to what Thank you'll you. reveal um, to us all in, in February. That, uh, and of course, I've got the picture behind here, which is very, you very kindly took it. How awesome. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> I put it on one of these things that uh, I'm filling up my wall with and uh, the, the different awesome. things we've been to. Um, but it was a really good race. I so enjoyed uh, coming down to that at Silverstone and, and seeing it all happen. And the noise was brilliant. I mean, it was just, it was a proper, you felt this was, this is noisier than Formula One. You know, it actually had real kind of engine especially that the Audis were very kind of, they had that very distinctive, yes. um, is it the, the V10s? V10s. Yes, it's, it's, yeah. it's quite, a, quite a machine, but it was so, and so many cars, you know, there's about 40 odd cars plus in the race, you know. And then of course, seeing you tear through the field um, with you and your teammates um, at Silverstone was, was fantastic yeah, to was... watch. That, that was um, one of one of my favorite races I've done. Not as fun as um, Barcelona, but definitely uh, definitely one of the, the more fun races I've done. And it was just cool to see the progress that we made throughout the race, considering after the first lap, um, Renat managed my teammates. He managed to avoid the, the carnage on the exit of Maggots Beckett's. Um, yeah. But as a result, we were in then from there at that point, moment, blah, at that moment, we were in last. We were forty second out of forty three. Goodness. Um, so it was it was good to like fight our way, and we just missed out on top ten. Um, and the 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 winner of our class, um, which is a target for us this year, is to win the silver cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was uh, I don't know, uh, like two hundred meters ahead of us. Yeah. Be- before we. Uh, before the end of the race so we caught up so much time um, yeah. and yeah it was awesome so i can't say i will be at silverstone this year uh-huh. um, i'm just not willing to say in what capacity so you're welcome yeah. to come back and see and you i'll definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah we can get another <laughs> no, selfie we can get another selfie well, that'd be fantastic it, um, i mean from watching your in-car video of the one that you did of that race i mean it was literally you were just a few cars away um, from getting that class win, oh, um, yeah. it was it was something you could tell the emotion, you know, as you were trying to yeah. do it and, and just how consistent trying you were. so hard. And <laughs> I know? could see them, and I didn't actually believe that it was them. Yeah. So I told the engineers not ready to talk to me, um, and then I saw the cars, and I kind of like, are those the silver cup cars? And I'm like, that's there's no way that's the leader. Like we've caught up too much, um, yeah. but it was, and this was because they were fighting so much that I was able to just gain, 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 gain. Um, and Silverstone, yeah, actually, also in F1, it's it's proven to be pretty good for overtaking. But in a GT car, there are a thousand options to overtake through there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was just great. For, I was watching it from the Renault HQ, which was just on. Um, it's kind of at the start of the race. It's maybe four or five turns in, and you come through, and you come into the, it's where the old. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. The, it's at the complex, um, and it was fantastic yeah. watching them coming through. I mean, they were so quick, and you know, using every bit of curve, and it was really, yeah. it was a kind of, it, it was just so exciting to see it all. But I, I looked at the times, and I noticed there was about three seconds between like the top time for the top qualifiers and the kind of and the slowest cars. So it's quite a spread, isn't it? For for you know, for forty cars, it's quite a big difference in speed. 
Um, obviously, you were at the top, um, and unfortunately, due to a, a complication, you obviously had to start at the back. But the um, but you must have been feeling it was quite a you know it was a real proper race on your hands to try and get through so many cars. And did you feel that you know that that, that would be your top ten would have been the best you could have done? Do you think or or well, it's... after the qualifying, we said we wanted a top five in the race in in our class. Um, yeah. which is important. It's important to only focus on your class mm. um, because then you can start to make, I mean, I made this mistake in Brands Hatch. I was leading in the class. I'd done everything I needed to do. Um, and then I got caught up in the, uh, uh, I got caught up in the, <laughs> trying to chase <laughs> the pros, you know, <laughs> and like <laughs> myself and Frederick Vavish created a massive pileup. Which I still, you know, like you put it behind you or whatever, but I'm just like, it was such a massive lesson because I didn't have to even, let's say, look, if you watch the onboard, which I've never shown anyone, actually it's on my Patreon, but it was a 50-50 uh, incident on, from the outside cameras, it looks like 100% my fault. Regardless, my, my karting coach always taught me that if you're involved in any accident, even if someone hits you from behind, it's yeah. your fault. So you have to analyze why it's your fault. It could have been, oh, fine, you got hit from behind at the start, but why were you starting so far back? Or, you know, did you have a bad qualifying? Like, how far down the the, yeah. the string yeah. do you go before you see, like, oh, that mistake there snowballed into this outcome here? And that's yeah. what trying to perfect a whole an entire race weekend is about. It's about going through every single step along the way to make sure that the outcome is you, you minimize the risk of getting yeah. involved in any incidents. So in that one there, there was a stupid driver error on my side um, where I wasn't racing anyone in my class. I'd gotten into the lead and all I had to do was just sit there because Renuts had a lot of speed against the bronze drivers. So in Silverstone, we were looking for a top five in our class and nothing more. Yeah. Um, we know that like from about 40th to um 25th we have much more superior pace because remember it's it's a mixture it's a mixture of gentleman drivers and pro drivers yeah that's yeah, the beauty yeah. of uh gt racing is a gentleman driver can can race against the best gd driver in the world we'll be on the track at the same time they're not necessarily yeah like no, racing each other you know no, no, no. so especially at tracks like silverstone and spa you're going to see massive t uh, lap time difference because it's high speed and without the yeah. high speed stuff it's very difficult to coach a guy off the street to be fast and high speed um, because it's not a question of bravery because they can be quite brave. Yeah. It's a question of um, when you're at a slower track, you can say break at this line, turn at this curb. Yeah. When you get to the apex, get uh, on the power at this red mark here, mm. use the exit road till here and X, Y, Z. Okay. But in high-speed stuff, it's a lot on feeling. It's like when you get into the corner and you can feel the cars starting to do this, like then you get on the power. But they yeah. have to be going as fast as you to get that feeling yeah, of weight transfer. Yeah, um, yeah. And if they don't have that feeling of weight transfer, then um, then they'll be slow. So, mm. so they struggle with that. Um, and not all of them. I mean, there are some gentlemen driver out there who – are so so fast like i mean renut my, my teammate is technically a gentleman driver he pays the full budget for us to race 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's almost as fast as me. He's like seven tenths um, in qualifying off me, and in the race he's, he matches my pace. Um, and he does this for fun. It's a hobby for him. Yeah. yeah. He, he has he has a normal job. Wow. <laughs> okay. He runs his own company. It's not a normal job, but yeah, but it's a know. nice thing to be able to do. Yeah, it's, oh it's, gosh, it's, yeah. It, <laughs> it's amazing because you think, I suppose you've got to have, I mean, like you're incredibly um, athletic and fit, so you know, so you can do all these long races and hours and hours behind the wheel. I mean, do you find, obviously, if they were a gentleman driver, is there a, are some of them a little bit overweight or, or are they all, or are most of them all quite understand that they have to be pretty fit to be able to, to do well in, um, in the sport? No, a lot of them um, just arrive and just arrive. And drive. And the, the, the preparation that they do sometimes is me sending a track track map. Oh, I don't have any printed. Um, I have these really detailed track notes that I create. Um, right. And I, I email them to them and they read them on the flight. That's preparation. But, wow. you know, um, GT cars, they can get physical. But if you're racing it like four seconds a lap off the pace. Yeah. Or let's say two seconds even. Um, they're not that physical because they have power steering, they have ABS. Okay, hang on. That's actually worse because when you have ABS, the harder you push the pedal, the better. And that's actually the, the physical aspect is two things. Mm. It's the heat and it's getting on the brakes. Um, in non-ABS cars, like in ELMS and GTE, yeah. uh, they don't have ABS and you're very gentle on the brake. So it's not tiring at all to push the brakes. But in yeah. in a GT3 car to race to to get the ultimate lap time, you push the brake so quickly, so hard yeah. um, that that force is like doing uh, it's like doing broad jumps all the time. It's so that's very tiring. Um, yeah. But it also depends. Like Spa, you only brake hard once. The rest of the time, you you don't have to brake so hard. Like where's Budapest, a small track, hmm. after a thirty minute stint, I. In the heat, because um, we always race there at like around August, September. Uh, I promise you, all the drivers, no matter how fit you are, we all get out and we're red-faced and sweating. Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I stay fit because I do so many races um, on the road so much. Um, yeah. I And it's good to be fit. I, I, I yeah. feel if I arrive at a race unfit, I'm, I'm not being a professional. Yeah. But I know yeah. some pros who don't exercise as much as me. Uh, so... Yeah. You know, each to their own. It's not like Formula One. I think in the formulas you have to be much more fitter, especially yeah. cars which don't have power steering. Like IndyCar, I reckon those guys are super fit and actually very strong, like strong drivers. Whereas yeah, yeah. in GTs, you don't have to be strong. Um, heat management is important. So, for example, I spend a lot of time in the sauna. Yeah. So almost every day I, I, I will do about 30 minutes in a sauna at 90 right. degrees. Yeah. Not 30 minutes at once. I'll like go out, swim, come back, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. 5 minutes. Um, so, yeah. But the gentleman, also remember, if it's a three-hour race, um, the gentleman often drives for the least amount of time yeah. that's allowed, which mm-hmm. is around 58 minutes or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. they do the least amount of time in the car. In the sprint races... They only need to do 25 minutes in the car and then the pro can do the rest. Yeah. So. Ah, So it's not quite so bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You got us, yeah. Well, I was going to say maybe there was hope for me there, but I think I was still to lose about another two stone. I think at least. Two. I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, right. Hugh, Everything. I promise you, there's there's guys who are they're big guys and they they drive. <laughs> they drive for their forty-five minute stints and they seem to be okay. Yeah, I was looking back at some of the old Ferrari um, pictures, you know, when it was the old Formula One, like the 60s and 70s, and yeah, there. And some of the drivers there were quite plump, and I thought it's quite funny because you know nowadays they're so they're, there's nothing on them at all. You know, they're not even allowed to have a beard. It's yes. like you know they're going to be so thin and yes. and and super fit and all these special fitness things that they do. Um, but in the old days, it was much more like they could have a tummy and it would still be it would still be all right yeah. um, to do it. You know, yeah. Back then, that the, the way that they drove the cars was also a very different style. Yeah, it was much yeah. more like on the rear and like getting like this. It wasn't like rally, but it was almost like a rally where yeah. they were just uh, they were pivoting sliding, the car much more sliding. And when you're sliding like that, you're actually quite relaxed in the car and you're sitting and you're just letting it flow a little bit. Whereas yeah. now you have to be absolutely locked in on your core, high downforce, and any movement in your body influences, even in GTs, any movement in your body influences the, the the inputs and the feedback you can get through the car. Yeah. So if you're very like weak and you don't have a strong core, even in a GT car, if you're going through maggots, beckets and stuff, yeah. your timing goes out of sync. All Whereas right. if you if you fitter and sharper and stronger, um, you can have much quicker hand movements and get the car positioned better. Um, yeah. But back then it wasn't about those quick movements because the weight would move much slower. So you'd have to wait for the weight transition. Let it settle. Wait for the weight transition. Let it settle. So yeah. they didn't have to be as fit now uh, then. Okay, they were changing gears and stuff. No question. It was just a different kind of stamina. Yeah, different kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Like if you drive a cart for the first time, and you drive it uh, flat out. Like if you could, if you could drive a cart at the speed of the pros. For example, like I can get within half a second. Of the pros in a car these days yeah. um, and even though i'm like gym fit i am absolutely destroyed from that cart within 30 minutes mm. okay but after three days of driving you get karting fit and then it's all fine again and yeah, um, yeah. then then it feels like oh what, what was i stressed about it just took a few days to get into it and get the muscles developed around that thing i mean yeah. the cart will still destroy you no matter when when you drive it but uh, yeah it's just you know uh, just the last thing on this topic is people have a perception that racing drivers are like especially the f1 drivers are like these super fit machines but it's i've come to learn that's not necessarily the case they are fit they are fit yeah, but yeah. they're not superhuman fit they're not yeah. like triathlon like levels of you know but they're just very fit humans. But anyone can get as fit as them. You just go do some cross training, yeah, uh, CrossFit, yeah. for like six months, and you'll you'll almost be under the level of a fitness wow. as an F1 driver or a racing driver. That's quite something, because uh, that's what I mean. That's what Jensen Button used to do. He used to do the triathlons. Yeah, he used to do triathlons time, yeah. and all of that. But it's quite a thing. But no, it's 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 amazing to see it all. I mean, what was I, I was watching the the Gran Turismo, the, the GT Sport finals um, just on some youtube videos the other night and um and it's quite funny because they you know it's slightly different from the formula one esports where i think there's a little bit more tact because i think the the the, the guys in the f1 esports are kind of looking to see will somebody take them on you know if they do really well will like williams take them on as a as a simulator driver or mclaren or one of these two well i think in gt sports 
um, it was it's not it's got a kind of different audience and it made me wonder this you know it's grown so much and obviously if you're a pro at the at GT Sport or quite often getting into the top ten times and doing your your um, your lap time guides and things like that. How do you think a career can go for somebody who's maybe starting out as a sim driver or does GT Sport for fun and then sees that he's quite good? Um, how do you see that developing? Because obviously in, in the Formula One side, they might get a job in like by with Williams if they're extremely good. But in GT Sport, I was kind of thinking, where can they go? Um, because they, yes, they can win a bit of money, you know, at the championships and things. But how do they manage to do that? Because like people like Super GT have said, you can either be a really good pro driver or have your have your YouTube channel. And it's trying to find, you know, do all the guys like Hazal and the other ones um, who are very, very good, do they all rely on their on their media background or they kind of, is that where they make their money? Or it's, it's trying to think, how can people make a career out of that? And is it, is, it, is, it, is it just one possibility or can they be a great driver and make money out of that on Sims? Right, so this is an interesting topic. I have so many opinions about this. Um, first of all, I think any sim racer who's very fast and winning big races should be fit. Yeah. Uh, because you never know what could happen. You never know who could call you to give you an opportunity. You never know what marketing campaign from some yeah. car brand could come up where you are, you get picked as one of the guys they want to test yeah. for whatever yeah. reason even if they are exploiting you for their own marketing or branding purposes, yeah. that's, that's life. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. what, you know, yeah. um, but if you're not prepared, I told this to Mikhail, uh, when I met him two years ago, I said, mate, yeah. you are a bullet, an absolute bullet in GD sports. Um, you have an incredible sense of timing, which to me yeah. is the key to being a fast racing driver. Um, but you're not fit enough. And if Gran Turismo, for whatever reason, called you tomorrow and said, let's do some testing, you wouldn't be ready, actually. Yeah, and yeah. no amount of good timing can can prepare you for that. Yeah. So yeah. you need a combination. So if you look at Igor uh, Fraga, he, he's a very fit uh, sim racer. Um, and I know Mikhail is also going to gym now a lot. He's much fitter than when I met him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... As a top sim racer, you have that. If your ambition is to become a real racing driver, you have a responsibility to yourself to be prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, I mean, there's a lot of questions baked into what you said. Um, uh, being a sim racer who has the ambition to go to cars, from what I've seen so far... Most sim racers who become factory drivers, which is the ultimate, to yeah, become yeah. an official Bentley driver, an official Ferrari driver, official um, yeah. uh, Nissan driver, I mean in real cars, they've come from Gran Turismo, not from Formula One esports, yeah. not from iRacing, not from Assetto Corsa. The, yeah. the, the guys who have become professionals have come from GT Sport. Wow. Yeah. So I still maintain... This is actually one of my main arguments when people say GD Sport's not a real simulator. I'm like, well, how many factory drivers are, came from iRacing? Not from karting, iRacing, yeah. factory driver. Yeah. I mean, iRacing, factory driver. Yeah. And I don't think there's any, to be honest. But I know that there's like been five or six Gran Turismo drivers. Yeah. So 
the guys who are racing in the FIA GT Sport World Finals, to me, and based on history, have the best opportunity of becoming real racing drivers at the moment. Yeah. The F1 esports guys are not going to become Formula One drivers overnight. What mm. what's, what will always happen, I was telling this to a, a journalist the other day, was they said, you know, how, how, is, how is sim racing going to affect the careers of real racing drivers? And I'm, I said, soon we're going to find, it's a matter of like time, it's going to happen very soon, where you will find a sim racer and he'll become a Formula One driver, but he's going to go through the ranks of normal racing, but you're going to discover him in sim racing. Yeah. So it's going to be what usually happens is you have a good carter and mm. the carter goes from karting to Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2, Formula 1. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sometimes they go another route. Sometimes they can go Formula 4, Formula 3, DTM, F1. Doesn't matter. Yeah, the point yeah. is they started in karting. So we've at the moment, we're still finding the mo most of the talent from karting. Lando Norris, Albon, Verstappen. Leclerc, you name it. Yeah, okay, there's yeah. photos of them online of them in carts. Okay, mm. at some point in the near future, it's going to be a question of we're finding them in karting and in sim racing. And the sim racer who's very good and young enough because you're going to have to be young, um, you're going to have to be in, below your uh, in, in your teens, by the way, for this to, in my opinion, for this to actually yeah. really happen. Right, right. Yeah, you're going to have to go from Sim racing, Formula 3, Formula 2, Formula 1. Mm. Maybe Formula 4. Mm. Someone's going to have to pay for that. It could be through a massive campaign by one of these uh, sim racing companies. Let's just say, for example, it's not going to happen, actually. But let's just say, Gran Turismo say, okay, we're going to pay 50% of your budget to get you to F1. They already tried this with Jan Marderbra. They did oh, try yes. it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, he landed up in Super Formula and Super GT, which, by the way, just by the way, is an unbelievable level. I would do anything to race in those cars, anything. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was a great example of that. Um, but someone's going to pull it off where they're going to find the money. They're going to be discovered in some racing. And they're going to find the money to get to, to real racing. I mean, like to F1. Yeah. So, like, yeah. in my case... I wasn't a sim racer per se who then got into GTs. I did have karting. The thing is, it was just 20 years ago when I was karting, I realized uh, back then already that I could use Gran Turismo 2 to become a better kart racer. So I started to play more sim racing uh, than actual karting because I didn't have the budget to go to the racetrack and practice. Plus, yeah. we lived quite far away from the track. So, so the difference with me is that, um, yes, I'm a sim racer, but I didn't come from sim racing. I just knew that sim racing was the best tool to become a better driver. And I proved that by using sim racing in my seven year gap, I was just doing Gran Turismo and I racing, yeah. I think, no, R Factor. I was just playing those two games. And when I came back and when I jumped into a GT car, it felt familiar wow. based on the yeah. feelings that I got from, from the sim. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't, and the money I used was my own money initially. Um, mm -hmm. But on top of that, if any of these sim racers want to make a living from racing, I still think that in the long term, 
sim races on average are going to make more than real races. So yeah. you never get into real racing with the idea of making money. Let's yeah. let me be one thousand percent clear to all to all the viewers there. You, you won't. I mean, I I now get paid to race, but if I look at how much was invested in my career, just my own money, and then the money I I raised, and then the debt I had to raise, um, I'm gonna have to race for like ten years just to to break yeah. even on that, mm. you know. And if you look at like, um, who's the new Williams driver, Latifi? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, the money that was invested in him, you know, he's not going to be paid next year directly. It's coming through his father's company. And yeah. by the way, I need to make this clear: I have no problem with that. Okay, yeah. his father's company is going to get exposure in Formula One, and it's exactly. justifiable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying, the money to get that mm. individual into F1, yeah. uh, the amount of money he's going to have to make over the next five years will still not cover. Even if he's earning millions per year, he's going to have to make up for the four years he was in GP2. That alone was yeah. eight million. Yeah. The yeah. the karting was probably a million. So probably ten to fifteen million was was invested in that guy, so he could make a salary of a million a year. Okay, yeah. Yeah. why not just give him the salary of a million a year <laughs> for fifteen right. years? Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. But, so. so so you don't you don't do this for money. I mean, of course, there's people like Daniel Ricciardo, uh, Vettel, Leclerc, um, obviously Hamilton, Bottas, who make mega yeah. mega money. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there are the 0.1 percent of racing ah, drivers yeah. Yeah. who who do earn a salary, um, but their salary doesn't justify the sacrifice that they were making. It's a bad investment. Yeah. In terms of financial, it's a bad financial investment. It's a, an incredible life investment because you learn so much hmm. trying or trying to get to a level of being a professional. You learn so much in so many areas of your life. Um, so yeah. it's it's really cool on that side. And obviously, like in my case, I wouldn't, there's no ways I would trade this for anything. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. exactly what I wanted. Um but it's just a, a word to the wise, you know. If you look at like uh, League of Legends players or yeah. Fortnite players, they are making I don't know in the hundreds of thousands a year. And yeah. to make in the hundreds of thousands as a racing driver, yeah. uh, I'm talking uh, euros, not pounds. Is you are yeah. a top, top, top driver in GT Formula E DTM to be making in the hundreds yeah. of thousands. But um, I think that. That League of Legends shows the potential of esports, and I think that sim racing has a long way to go. But that's the potential. Yeah, the potential is where what the the top east the top esports guys are earning, and you can see that the sim races are not even close yet. But we're backed by these massive auto this massive auto industry in some way. So yeah. I see that, a huge amount yeah. of potential. Mm. 
Because I think, yeah. you know, everyone like, nowadays, everything is all about celebrity, especially when you look at the young people. I mean, that, that's what I love sim racing, and I'd like to, I'm, I'm working towards eventually getting my own um, sim center um, where we're going to have proper, proper um, sim racing, you know, um, rigs and so on, which will be really as good, good as they can be. I, I hope to have Formula One style ones and also GT Sports style ones as well. And my whole idea behind it is to try and get through to young people to say, right, you know, you want to have like competitive lobbies and try and help young folk um, get into that and see where they're going but also to kind of fine tune it so they get a realistic approach of what they can actually achieve or you know so they're not they're not going in with a kind of silly idea or oh, we're going to be the next celebrity superstar you know they, they've got to be good really really good to be able to get there and have a realistic idea of as you exactly as we were saying you're not going to earn that kind of money if you just want to be a racing driver um you know and you, you, you know everybody can be a media success you know when you look at people yes. like super gt he's worked at it for years and years and years and deservedly has done well you know he has a massive following and 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 you know because yes. he's got that unique um thing that people like you know the, the sense of humor and and the, the racing abilities and, and of course he did karting with him which was an excellent video i watched that one when you did the go-kart race with him and it's and they're fantastic I'd love to so do more <laughs> yeah you know well that's my goal is to get you two in a in a in a in driving racing in a racing team together and do a race that would be the thing if my company could eventually do that i would be i'd be proud to do that that would be um, awesome you know, but um, but we've got a long a long way to do it. So hopefully we'll still be all able to. We might be gentlemen drivers, all three of us, if that was the case by the time we get there. But it was just me. <laughs> I was the gentleman in that Club One Hundred race. I was right. absolutely the gentleman. But it was. I must so say, good. yeah, the Club One Hundred business model is phenomenal. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. uh, in South Africa, they've tried to do something like that a few times. It failed, but they haven't nailed it in the way that Club One Hundred does it. It's it's really cool racing. Anyway, back to the point. I, I agree with you. Um, making a media career out of this is, oh, it's, I'm learning. Well, I've already known this for a very long time, but it's as difficult as becoming a professional racing driver sometimes. Yeah, 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 no, you have to please, that, yeah. you have to please thousands of people. Like to become a pro, you have to gonna have, you're going to have to raise money, but you're going to have to please one or two people with a lot of money, which trust me is incredibly difficult But yeah. to feed the beast of YouTube or yeah. Twitch or whatever. Woo wee. That's, yeah. that's a lot of dedication. And you know, the rig that I've built up, which is just next to me here. Mm. Oh man, it's taken me years to, to build up enough budget and stuff to, to get to a, a decent enough rig, which I can stream on. So it's not cheap either. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to put a lot into it, isn't it? I just, you know, yeah. it's like people watch this stuff and you can see it kind of emerging that everyone thinks, oh, yeah, I can be a really good sim driver. And, and now that it's becoming more popular and you've got to think, no, it's like not everybody can be a celebrity or can be up there. You've got to be really, really good and really, really dedicated. And you've also got to think, is that really the life they absolutely want? Because I think it can seem very different when you watch it on YouTube and it seems like lots of fun and, and easy going. Yeah. But I think people... And, highlights. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're seeing. And, and it always makes me think we've got to be careful here because you think young people might get this idea that it's going to be done on a plate. Um, but actually, no, you've no. got to have, you've got to be so original and be so good um, to make it to make it really work, you know. And I also think, you know, because there was a, I recently joined the motorsport um, network in, in Britain because yeah. really they're, they're struggling to get people to come and spectate and like and be marshals and all the kind of things. It might may well be in Europe and, and South Africa as well, but in Britain we're struggling to get um, the the kind of the the structure. Yeah, and and we want motorsport to be 
you know, um, as good as it was, you know, because I remember going to, to watching touring car races in the 90s and there was packed field, you know, that you couldn't move for people. It was absolutely yes. jam-packed. Um, and it was the same with Formula One. You know, we, we do very well at Silverstone. We've got great crowds, huge crowds. Um, but when you go to some of the, the GT racing and you think, oh, um, it, it would be nice to see a few more people coming along. So they're, they're trying to really involve people, get it out there and, and, and see how great motorsport can be. Um, so I think that's what we have to do as, as folk who are interested and, and who are kind of ambassadors for, for motorsport um, to try and help, you know, get it into the schools, get it into the, where, you know, people can see how great motorsport can be and how much fun it is. And hopefully, sim racing plays a, a really good part in that because it gets people involved but we want it we want to show that we can this can be at the cutting edge and and people can have a can play a really, really good part in it um, and make it something that, that maybe it's lost a little bit but hopefully with sim racing we can see that coming back and um, because more people could get involved um yeah so i agree 100 percent um times have changed because uh, now we have the we have our entertainment over here this is the the number one source of entertainment so you're competing with the screen um but that being said uh i was at the autosport international whatever oh, it's the called. show yeah the show is great yeah, yeah. The show. Mm. um it's the second you have been and when i was there last year they had a little sim racing area and it was dead okay and yeah. this year they had the the lamar esports uh series oh yeah um, uh-huh. and even though they used forza whatever and uh, the the TV, the race TV director was not the best. Like he missed key moments. <laughs> like the 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 area for people to sit on at was completely full, and there was people standing. Like it was maybe a, oh, it was so many people watching. Genuinely, like a lot of people. And they yeah. had one or two cool shots, and they were racing classic the the four GT forty, and like there was some pretty good camera angles in Forza, and like. You know, with the pro drivers, like the motion and the movement they got with the cars, people were like, whoa. And that moment where the whole crowd reacted to like this, it was a game. Yeah, yeah. It was a game. (laughs) And they reacted to the movements of these cars in the same way that you react is when you see it in real life. I was like, oh, my God, this is a step change. This is a – something has happened here. Yeah. And um, I feel like – that's the first time I've seen that. You know, I used to do uh, um, my brother and I and a friend every year. Um, we'd enter like this uh, uh, Lamar virtual Lamar twenty four hour, and it was right. Gran Turismo. Uh-huh. It was an absolute nightmare, um, uh-huh. and it was in the middle of a shopping center, and there was uh, eight teams, and you race for twenty four hours, and even in the busiest shopping center in the country like people would stop and look for like two minutes and leave yeah, yeah. um so I've, I've seen live events plenty of times in crowded areas and i've never seen this amount of spectators so yeah, yeah. There, there is a step change happening and i promise you it's, it will be slow 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 and then it's going to do this yeah that yeah. happens in on if once we find the right formula the people who are organizing these things once they find the right formula um i think we're going to see a positive uptick in yeah, um yeah. the interest in in sim racing um and it's gonna have to complement the real racing that's going on Mm -hmm. and trust me the more regulated the roads become uh with with speed limits and speed limiters on cars and where you can drive your car and restricting car access to the cities and enforcing electric cars that's going to make racetracks much more popular again 
Yeah, it's gonna, yeah, no, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, because um, people are going to have to want to drive their cars somewhere. There's still going to be people who drive who want to drive cars. I see a lot of young kids at races who still look at a Ferrari and lose their mind. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy period. Um, but if cricket could figure it out, yeah, with their T <laughs> twenty, yeah, then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think motorsport will be able to eventually figure out. The, the funny thing is, is that endurance racing still gets a lot of spectators. It's like the test cricket of motorsport. Yeah, that's and it. And that, those are the biggest, the busiest races. Um, but you know, like it's sad because like we go to Mizano to race the GD Sprint, and there's no one there. There's like a hundred spectators. But if yeah. you go to Brands Hatch and like in your from your perception, there's not yeah. a lot of people there. But Brands Hatch is, is one of the busiest races where I look outside. Uh, I look when I'm driving, I can see like, whoa, everywhere I look, there's a spectator. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuka 10 hour was incredible. Like the, yeah. the culture there is still quite rich and strong, motorsport yeah. culture. And when they do the grid walk, I'm, I swear in my life, it's like four people deep. Wow. Uh, it's like yeah. four people deep. When, they, when they're taking photos into the box, um, we have like uh, the ribbons to stop them in. Like, you, there's, there's not enough space for everyone to, to, to do yeah. this. They yeah. go crazy yeah. for you. They go absolutely crazy for the racing drivers. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what they've gotten right. They just still have this this unbelievable respect for racing drivers. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's harder to become a racing driver there than it is here. I mean, well, he, I'm not sure. They used to go crazy for Senna, didn't they? And and Senna yes. in Japan was just absolutely couldn't move. They had to kind of there were just crowds <laughs> everywhere wherever he went. You know, um, it yeah, was something yeah. to watch. And, you know, when I was there two years ago, um, people make they make uh, songs for the drivers that they love. They make posters. They they bring them presents. And these are just GT drivers, so I can imagine like for Vettel for. Hamilton, yeah, these yeah. people must go mental. There's a guy there, he's quite popular, he's famous. He's always wearing a, a Senna suit, race suit, right. and helmet. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And he wears it the whole time. <laughs> he right. wears it the whole time, and he's just a massive fan, and he comes and asks for autographs and stuff. So Japan yeah. still has something where, they, where they've nailed it, but you know what the Japanese want versus what the British want versus what the Italians want is very different things. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I obviously spend a lot of time thinking about this, but I don't have the solution. So I certainly think that when I because when I was at the Silverstone race, um, we, I was I, because I was I was got there from from Renault, um, they we were able to go and do the grid walk, and I have to say that was the best thing I'd ever ever done because it was so exciting when they opened the gates and everyone gets on and you get to see the cars and they're all sitting there and it just brings it home. It's like being on Martin Brundle's. F1 grid walk, you know, you see yeah. everybody and all the kind of things. Um, and it was, it was just, it gave you the sense of atmosphere and, and, uh, and, you know, you could walk past the cars, you could see in the cockpits, you could, it was, it was great. And it's, it's, I mean, it's nice to get into the pits as well when you, when, you know, that's where I met you before to for the, for the selfie, because then you could get the signatures and so on. But this is a chance to get even closer um, to see the cars and just to, to get everything that kind of surrounds it all, the build up to the start of the race and so on. Um, but um, so, yeah, so it's, I think for people to, to experience that for real is, is is great and as much as they like sim racing i always encourage them to try and get out there and actually get to a race um, and see what it's like 
Um, we actually in Scotland, we had quite a funny do on in November time when it gets very dark and miserable. Um, we have November the 5th with the fireworks and at Knock Hill, which is a kind of small racetrack in the hills, in the Oakland Hills Knock in Fife. Hill. Yeah, it's great fun, great fun place. Um, they have a, a race day. And so they have a big firework display at the end when it's pitch dark. Um, but then during the day when it's still a bit of light left, they have all the kind of cars that they, that they try and do as much um, to, to show what they can do in the year. So they have a couple of touring cars going around. They have um, drift cars. They have motorbikes. They have go-karts. They have all sorts of things. And so it gives us a chance for people who wouldn't normally come maybe to watch motorsports so much um, to see what they can do. And it's great fun. And at the end, they had these kind of drift cars that had fireworks coming out of them so it was and it was pitch dark with all these kind of things it was kind of crazy you know um, but it was such a great way to spend November the 5th and it, and it really totally. focused, you know, they see this and they think wow I've never thought they would do this um, in, in you know this was kind of motorsport you know so it um, it really kind of broadens the, 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 the appeal and I think anything that can do that um, is, is something else but uh, so where do you think because now you know we're getting to a point um, where Gran Turismo is on probably one of the last games for PS4 and now we've got PS5 coming out potentially I think at the end of this year and there's of course rumours that the next Gran Turismo game will be one of the first um, games to come onto it. How do you think they could really improve on what is already a, a very good formula? Oh, um, I what would you like? To, what would you like to see? If you could, a couple of things. I mean, everyone has their opinion on this stuff, but what I would like to see is, uh, I don't necessarily need need them to have a, 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 what do you call it? A realistic damage model. I don't care about that. But yeah, it would be nice yeah. to have to have instead of all these like penalties, penalties, penalties. Yeah. Um, Okay, and at the moment they don't have penalties. Whatever, like they'll they'll bring them back when they get it right. Um, but what I would like to see is that there's more effect with the damage, um, so that if you touch someone, instead of getting a penalty, you you get damage. And if you're caught in a melee and it's not your fault, you get damage, like in real life. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So something something like that it will clean up the racing a lot. Um, mm. That being said, I mean in the top tiers, besides ovals, <laughs> uh, the racing is awesome. So, yeah, yeah. but I would like to see longer races. I would like to see, I'm, I'm just talking about format now. I would mm -hmm. like to see at the moment, as you enter the pits, you almost immediately enter your box. Yeah. I'd like to see that that becomes more realistic. You drive down the pit lane, you stop in your box, you leave. Yeah. Cause at the moment, the, uh, the, the thing about Gran Turismo is optimizing lap time, but in racing, there's so much more to just lap time. There's the in-lap breaking for the pit lane, the pit line. Yeah your outlap you know and like now if you overtake under yellow flag nothing happens um yeah. and so I on go, so yeah, yeah as you see people going so, across the white line coming out of the pits crossing the white line i'd like yeah. to see if you're in the top two splits okay or if you get an s plus uh ranking uh i know i'm just talking about sporting regulations at the moment i would like to see that they that they hold those drivers to a higher standard. Mm. That would be good. Um, and I would, <laughs> I'd love it if we could have uh, different daily races. I mean, yeah, for you getting for a I week. I have to do Suzuka <laughs> in group three one more time. I'm going to, yeah. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. <laughs> now we have Dragon Trail in a group four. I mean, it's just murder. It's yeah. so boring. Yeah, because they've got um, a good spread of tracks, but we seem to be getting the same ones. It's either that or Brazil. Sao Paulo yes. is very popular. But I know why. Fuji, 
I'm, I'm slowly starting to believe more and more in my conspiracy theory. It's just a theory. It's not even a conspiracy. <laughs> Gran Turismo Sport is not a complete game. It's Gran Turismo Sport. It's not Gran Turismo 7. Yeah. Um, and I strongly believe that they are using this and they're ramping it up more and more now as a test bed for Gran Turismo 7. They are gathering tons. And this is the Japanese way. They're perfection. Yeah. And... Um, Katsunori Yamauchi is is a perfectionist. Yeah. Uh, and if you've watched this documentary called Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and if you spend any time around Japanese people, mm. you'll start to understand the culture of what's going on. And this is why I believe so strongly in this. Is they use these tracks as, as a test bed for changes in, in BOP. So whenever we get a BOP update, <clears throat> almost without fail, within two weeks, we get Sao Paulo. Yeah, uh, in a group yeah. three car. <laughs> and yeah. I think that Sao Paulo is a baseline track for them to test the BOP. Um, I think that uh, Suzuka is also a baseline track where they test BOP. Yeah. Um, this this penalty thing, like what I think they're doing at the moment is they said, okay, let's just take away penalties and see what happens. Let's see how many incidents happen. Let's say, <laughs> let's see all, all of those things. And, yeah. and let's determine, you know, because what will happen in Gran Turismo 7 is they're going to take all of this data and implement the best way that they think. Because, come on, they have a thousand people working for them. They they know what's, uh, what to do. Uh, they, they have very smart people there. They, they know the problems in their game. They, they, they do read the feedback, but they don't just react to the feedback. That's strongly my theory. Um, and all the sim racing, the top sim racing games do the same thing. With Gran Turismo, I want to see on the physics side more realism with the the when you hit sausage curbs. Like that's so yeah. important. At the moment, they 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 still tend to dumb down a, a certain elements of the physics too much. But you know that they can. They have the the ability to ramp it up. Now, the key thing with PlayStation Five is it's going to be the first PlayStation, or sorry, one along with the Xbox. These are going to be the first consoles that have PC level computing power. Yeah, like top yeah. of the line PC games, uh, PC uh, gaming PCs. Yeah. And when you open up that level of power, I think Gran Turismo especially is going to uh, maximize that use, the, that power. And because at the moment now, because they had limited on CPU performance and graphic performance, they have to make a lot of assumptions in their physics yeah. model and effectively hard code certain elements of physics based on an assumption. Whereas like a game like iRacing or ACC has more computing power to play with so they can simulate damper movement. They can simulate tire flex. They can simulate all those things instead of hard coding yeah. it. And I think Gran Turismo will take a step on that level. And and let's see. Um, yeah. I mean, we all want cool exciting. things. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be very I, exciting. I think we can't wait. It's a big, big new machine, big new performance, and we can't yeah. wait for the new games to come out. Um, I can't wait to. Uh, I hope that we see Grand Valley and Apricot Hill come back. 
Yes, they were the good ones. It's funny because when yeah. you see some of the old videos and some people have kept their old PlayStation 2s and 3s yes. and they, they play the old games on there. I think like Jimmy Broadbent quite often, he does the old the old games. Oh my gosh. Um, and you see them going down there. And it just, you know, I remember from, I, I'd be playing them into the night, you know, to two in the morning and you'd be, you, every corner reminded you of a certain thought and it all a comes feeling. back to you. Yes. Yeah, when yes. you see it, the music, yes. the whole thing. And, and it's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's an incredible game. And it, it really is something. But I can see there you're wearing your Coach Dave hat. So on a slightly different question, tell the audience there, and for viewers who will be seeing this in the future, what is Coach Dave? It started as a meme, um, as a joke, uh, where I said, you know what? Okay, so I coach in real life. I coach real drivers. That's the job of a professional racing GT driver. Um, but then uh, someone, one of my fans, his name is Neil. He's an absolute legend from Australia. He said, look, Dave, maybe you should do some racing coaching. And I was like, come on, man. In my head, I was like, I said to him, I'm like, I don't think anyone will will want to do that, you know. So I created um, this coaching page on my website. I redesigned the website and I said, oh, let me just create this coaching page and I'll put some figures down for what my time is worth. And no one will ever sign up. No one will contact <laughs> me. I made a quick logo which is this logo here, nice yeah. and simple. Um, and next thing, I just started to get like an influx of requests for coaching. Wow. And now it's becoming, it's turning into a business for me. So wow. uh, after this, in about 10 minutes time, I have a coaching session um, and I can do up to six or seven a day, uh, sometimes none. Um, but Coach Dave, I now what I do is I help, guys in sim racing who want to become better drivers i teach them the fundamentals and i watch them drive i demonstrate to them how to to drive um and i point out like patterns that i see in their driving which could be improved upon and go to the root cause of why that specific technique is not working for them yeah yeah and how far off the fundamentals that technique could be um and I get a lot of repeats, guys, repeats, students, let's call them students, um, <laughs> who come back and we work and we, we improve. The one guy, I mean, I've done six sessions with one of the guys. I've done, wow. actually, the most I've done with one guy is 10 sessions. Um, and now he, honest to God, is beating me. So, Oh, well, so you don't want to do any more. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. That's, uh, but no, that's, um, a, that's a great sign. Um, how's, how yeah. does it work then? If you, how do you watch somebody? Do you, live stream, do you get them to live stream their thing? Or how do you? No, no. Um, in iRacing and ACC and in GD Sports, when you create a private lobby, you can watch anyone who's entered your lobby. Oh, of course. Uh, I, yeah. You just click on their username and um, uh, boom, then you into there and you can change views. So I always watch uh, from the onboard of each of their thing. For example, it's, it's not perfect, but I have enough experience now where I can deduce because there is a, there's input lag. Mm -hmm. So especially in Gran Turismo, the inputs are quite jerky. Okay, yeah, the way the yeah. car is behaving. But I know already like the trajectory and I can hear everything where I can see, oh, he's getting on the power way too early or he's turning way too late. Mm -hmm. So the overall uh, pattern right, of the driving is still yeah. evident. Yeah. In iRacing, it's almost perfectly uh, smooth and linear. In ACC, it can also be a little bit jerky. But you, you get enough from it where you can give feedback so what happens is like the introductory class is an hour 20 minutes mm. and um the first 
in all my classes, you first do a three three minute, uh, sorry, not three minute, you do a three lap warm up, mm. just to shake off the nerves. A lot of the guys are nervous yeah. when they first start with me, yeah, because um, they think <laughs> they're going to be judged. But I'm not there to judge. I'm there to analyze and provide feedback. In fact, I expect often to see a lot of mistakes happen. That actually mm. is the most common thing because what I'm trying to do is break any all your sense of driving. I'm mm. trying to break it, yeah. and then I rebuild you so i'm bringing all your driving to the conscious yeah phase yeah. as opposed to subconscious and when you when you drive consciously you're slower you make mistakes if you drive naturally it's more subconscious and flowing but i'm trying to break all these subconscious bad habits uh-huh. bring that up and then go from there so yeah. it's it's a uh, it's fun and the guys love it and they're frustrated in the first session so after the three three lap warm-up then i do a slow very slow track guide like we drove, drive at like 5 kph. I show them the corners. I tell them why I chose this racetrack and what this tra- racetrack is for. And then then they start to drive for the rest. And by the end of it, you, you, you're mentally smoked. Like <laughs> the last 10 minutes are filled with mistakes because <laughs> there's so much going on. Um, but that's, that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have so to it's get been the... awesome. So, um, so they would go to your website. So just to let everybody know, your website details uh, is it davidperel.net, uh, yeah. isn't it? I think davidperel.net, and then you go f- davidperel.net forward slash coaching, and I have three pricing options. It's not cheap. I'm not going to deny that, but that helps. It it yeah. helps to to highlight the guys who are taking it very seriously. Yeah. So yeah. this yeah. is only for people who are taking their sim racing seriously. To be dead honest, um, yeah. I know I'm like much more expensive compared to other guys, but that's to me is yeah. the value that I'm bringing. Yeah. Um, and then they just, there's an inquire button and we, then we just communicate via email and schedule uh-huh. a, t- a date and time and then get going on that date. Oh, well, and that's how it is. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we'll put that out there and I know you're busy and you've got these appointments coming up. So I, I won't keep you any, any longer, but look, thank you so much, David. Um, for giving your time this morning. I, I think this has been my best interview we've ever had um, in terms of your information. It's been exceptional. Um, just how you've answered the questions and all the things that that will, I'm sure, help sim drivers and fans of GT Sport um, to help them on their way uh, forward. But um, but no, it's, it's been really fantastic to, to, to have you on the show. And uh, well, no doubt, well, well that's what you can you know. Well, I'll live show you always get the phones going. Sadly, it's not for business for me, I'm afraid, but it'll be a, probably a junk call. Well, look, thank you very much and have a great season. And hopefully, we'll see you at Silverstone um, in May when it's when it's on again for the GT Blanc Payne Championship. But to everyone thank who's you, watching, you're very welcome. We have been watching David. Peril, and I hope I've pronounced that correctly because yeah, always, perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. A, that's the thing. It's a GT driver and Blanc Plain winner, and you've oh, you've had so much um, success. I was looking at the map of all the different races that you've won. Um, it's been really, um, it's been fantastic to to have you on the show, and hopefully we'll we'll get more from you later on in the year. But uh, thank you thank so you much. Thank you very much. Excellent. Take care. Uh, bye, this now. Bye, bye. Bye. Cardioadvisor.co.uk, we can help you save thousands of pounds on your next new car or van. And we can also source second hand cars as well. And we can save you money on car rental, whether it be in the UK and abroad. Just click our rental link on the website. And we'll give you a free gift if you trade in your car with We Buy Any Car using our special website link. So go to the website now 
Let's see how much you can save. And it's back to the show. Thanks for listening.